millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I just got back from a walk of about four miles. It's a nice walk. It's um, this town up here in northern Massachusetts is... Um, it's only about five miles from the ocean, but it, this town is very uh, kind of a rural town. F- um, f- lots of farmland and things like that. There's a uh, marshes and saw some really cool animals. Uh, these uh, I don't know if they're weasels or otters or whatever they were. They, they, they were slinking across the street. And here's my point. Okay, so before I took the walk, I didn't take my dog because. I usually take my dog Pepper. This is a four mile walk. My dog Pepper, but she's been acting up recently. Like she'll be, she'll just stop in the walk, and she, I have to kind of tug her to keep going. It's like she's hearing something or sensing something, or I don't know what it is. But she's, she's just like, no, we're stopping. We're not going anymore. We're not going anymore. So she's become, she's not ideal. And plus, she gets a little uh, scared. She gets afraid of the cars coming back and forth, and she's afraid of. She's a jumpy dog. She's afraid of skateboards and bicycles and anything else. She starts to wig out, and so she she's not an ideal walker. So, uh, and then today she was just um, she was just overbearing, just just all over me constantly. That was her actually. If you heard the door a second ago, that was her leaving this room where I am. But she generally, uh, I just need a little room, okay? From from Pepper, she's a foxhound. So I've got another dog whose name is Dave. I did not take Dave either. I just wanted to go alone today. But Dave was all revved up today because he's angry at the chickens. We've got 12 chickens. Six chickens and six guinea hen to be, guinea fowl to be exact. Guinea fowl are these uh, large, uh, roundish chickens from, uh, that they're from originally Africa, and they eat ticks and all sorts of stuff. They're kind of cool. But anyway, so the dog... Um, Dave, I take him out and he wants to go, he's yelling at the, the chickens and the guinea fowl. He wants in, in, he's angry. He wants to kill them. 
He's on it. Just he just wants to stop. He just wants to go and totally just rip them all apart. He's a Jack Russell Terrier. He's a small dog. When these guinea fowl get to be as big as they're going to be, it might be a an unwise decision for him to charge at them. So anyway, Dave's just he's being a jerk. Now the the chickens themselves today were troublesome because two got out of the area they were supposed to be, and I tried to get them back into the chicken coop. It's the technically the chicken run it's the big it's a big caged in box that you could that i could walk into so i've got the door i'm trying to get two of them back in there i'm trying to lure them but they're a little afraid of me and they're they're not being um cooperative so i try to i open the door to the chicken coop and i throw some chicken they're mealworms these dried mealworms that they love to eat i throw some in front of the door so the chickens will go near the door and then i can shoot them in so i throw some in front of the front of the door of the chicken coop and instead of those two chickens going to the front of the door so i can shoot them in a bunch of chickens run out of the coop at the mealworms and they're all being terrible and i can't i'm i've spent 45 minutes in this thing i went through actually a, a um one of the zoom meeting deals or whatever for, with my work while trying to get this thing down and get them all in. And any combination would happen. You know, one would go in, three would come out. Two would go back in, uh, one more would come out. And any somehow, these guys, these they just weren't being cooperative. So there we go. So then I'm on the walk. On the side of the road. And I see up ahead of me, I see there's um, these two beautiful cardinals are in the middle of the road and they're both red cardinals which i think i thought that only well, male cardinals were red and the females were anyway but they're hanging out in the road and this bird it looked like a blue jay but less blue was hassling them they were eating something i think and he wanted it so he's like strafing them and they're trying to fight him off and he's strafing them and they're trying to fight him off and it's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and they're working together, et cetera. But they eventually, um, you know, he's he goes to one side of the street, and they're on the other side of the street, and they're kind of kind of barking at each other. And I take a left past another old farmhouse. All these farmhouses, it's beautiful. These are all from like the 1700s. They're it's a beautiful old houses. And I see in the yard of one of these is a little uh, dog. It looks like uh, Toto from uh, Wizard of Oz. And I see him over there, and he's already angry at me. He's and I'm like a hundred feet from this guy. I'm not on his side of the street. There's no, there's no provocation. There's no reason that this has to be this way. Then I go to another place. Um, I take a left uh, about a quarter mile past that place near a real farm with horses. And there's another dog who is just standing in his driveway. And as I'm going by, he goes ruff, ruff. An old dog, black lab. He didn't really, he wasn't that into it, but he gave me a piece of his mind. And then one more time, um, about two miles later, in the home stretch, it coming back to my house, in the um, in the window, there's a like a pug or a, a, a British bulldog or a Boston Terrier, a little a puggy looking thing. He's sitting in his window, and I'm going by. He goes, riff, riff. um. And then one more dog, which is more like a little um, Weimer Reinem or whatever they're called, the, the little hot dog looking ones. And he's on the other side of the street. And this is my house is now within inches from me. And he goes, bah, 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 bah. so my point is this. 
I finally get home. And I thought about it, and it hit me. Is that every living thing is a jerk. Everything is a jerk, has some kind of freaking problem. It's remarkable. My dog has had a problem with the neighbor's dog. My Jack, little Jack Russell has had a problem with the neighbor's dog forever. The neighbor's dog will go, who has a problem with me? The neighbor's dog has a problem with me. The neighbor's dog goes to the fence between our houses. It's just a picket fence so you can see through him. And he barks at me. Constantly. He doesn't bark at me. If somebody walks alongside the sidewalk, he'll bark at them. He's generally just a, he's, he's actually, when you go and meet him in person, he's sweet. But he talks smack constantly. So he barked at my dog. I'm sorry, that's my cell phone. He barked at my little Jack Russell, and my little Jack Russell runs right up to the fence and goes at it with him. He's like, rawr, rawr, and, my, and they're almost fighting, but there's not enough room for their snouts between the the fence um, uh, pickets. So so they don't really fight. But one time, the neighbor's dog ran away. I mean, got away and was in my driveway. And my dog saw him, my little Jack Russell, and thought, oh, great, now he's here in person. I'm going to go fight him. But the neighbor's dog's a bigger dog. It's like a like a Rhodesian Ridgeback or whatever those are. My dog goes right at him. That dog says, oh, well, you want to go? We'll go. And that dog charges my little dog, who then hits reverse. And he, the other the other dog essentially beat my dog up, kind of mauled him in a not no permanent damage way. But definitely my dog was taking a beating. I broke the thing up or whatever. And then <laughs> incredibly, incredibly, like a week later, we were, I was going into the neighbor's house. Unbeknownst to me, my dog was following me. The neighbor opens their door. My dog runs into the neighbor's house. Their dog, of course, is sitting right there and goes over and mauls my dog again. <laughs> Sorry, that's a child. Uh, and so, it's just incredible. Of course, my dog, now, my dog still wants to fight their dog. Still wants to fight it. My dog is such an instigating jerk that he doesn't care. His prime directive is to be a jerk. The same thing with that animal, the, the blue jay, whatever, bothering the cardinals. The same thing with my chickens. The same with dog, and the same thing with human beings. Human beings are designed to be jerks. And we are fulfilling that role brilliantly at the moment. And if you look at uh, certainly social media, everybody's an a-hole. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine, oh, I get to talk to the world anonymously. I'm going to try to be a jerk. I want to try to win an argument. And I want to win the argument and not only ha beat you on the merits, but try to insult you and hurt your feelings. It's important for me here in Boston to be able to hurt your feelings while you're sitting there in Luxembourg, I want your day to be worse and your happiness to decrease because we disagree on what the fair minimum wage is. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm a jerk, too. I mean, there's no doubt about no doubt about it. You're, Michael Graham's coming in with this podcast. He's also a jerk. You'll, you'll hear him. Um, if you don't know, Michael Graham and I used to do radio together. I was his producer for the Michael Graham show. He is at I am M Graham at Twitter on Twitter. You should watch him. You can go to michaelgram.com and find all that old stuff. He does write it. He writes for New Hampshire Journal now. Inside sources. Um, but so that's my feeling. And now this jerk stuff has become even worse. Now these now now it's not just I want the person who I have ideological differences, which shouldn't matter at all because it doesn't matter. 
you know, what what somebody in Halifax, Nova Scotia, you know, feels about uh, you know affirmative action or um or who their favorite band is and you know it doesn't matter it shouldn't matter in my to my world it shouldn't matter to your to our world but we want to make sure that not only can we yell at him and make him feel bad but now possibly try to find out information about him and destroy his livelihood and destroy his life so that he can't make the money he used to and have success anymore so his life arc actually dips and uh, you know, while he's uh, spiraling towards the the eventual end of his life, that I got to make a difference, and I at least you know put one of the bullet holes in the wing that made him his uh, plane begin to plummet towards Earth. It's like Jesus, what jerks! We are a country full of jerks. I'm watching. I'll talk quite about it uh, with uh, Graham coming up. But there's a, a principal, high school principal in Vermont, just posted something on Facebook about, you know, loving the idea of uh, racial equality, but not loving the way that there's, it's been kind of, Black Lives Matter has been kind of pushy about it. Bang, she's gone, whacked, that's it for her. You know, I've got friends in business who who simply went on social media and complained about looting. Looting is, looting is a bad thing, I think. Looting is stealing from people and... It destroys property and it can close businesses and business employ people and not necessarily rich people. Businesses employ every kind of person. It's and it's great. Looting should be considered bad. It just was two weeks ago. Looting was a bad thing two weeks ago. You know, talking about defunding the police uh, was a bad thing. It was a crazy thing two weeks ago. Funny the police. But now we're so hypercharged, hypercharged. With all this stuff going on between the COVID stuff and the uh, George Floyd stuff, and <clears throat> and this crazy uh, social revolution here right now, where you your so many things are verboten and being erased, and statues are being erased, and this is being erased. And <clears throat> these are all things, by the way, that 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 people should have discussions about. And if you want to get rid of statues, we can we should discuss why and why not. And there's a process for all these things. If, and I think that okay, guys, a little quiet, please. Um, my kids, uh, my kids don't not love me or want to. Uh, uh, hi, how are you, Cyril? Hi, Daddy's on the radio right now in the podcast. My kids do not love me or ever want to see me except if I'm ever trying to one listen to a podcast or record a podcast. So now I've got a two-year-old in this room with me. But you don't, uh, no, don't, don't, don't touch that, please. Can you close that door? Yeah. Very good boy. Good boy. Can you go see mommy? I'm trying to negotiate now with the two-year-old, and he is playing with stuff. He knows that I need him to not be in the room, and he is getting an endorphin rush knowing that I'm getting nervous and feeling anxious because he's playing with something, an antique, that I can't do much about now because I'm next to a microphone. Okay, okay. The usurper has left the room. Hang on, I'm just going to get some water here. Um, that's one of the things. I'm, I'm a hostage in this room because if I don't let... If I let the dog in, if I have the door unlocked, that means the dog will com can come in. If the dog's in, that means the door is open, and that means kids can walk through too. If I don't let the dog in, the dog then will find my room, my bedroom, and curl up in my bed as either some sort of punishment or act of love 
and I don't want dog dander and fur on the bed. But once again, animals are every living thing is a jerk. That's what I'll call this uh, this episode. So, um, like I was saying about the statues, I think that we can certainly have discussions about these statues. I have by having discussions, I have come to new realizations about some things. Even last time, we there was a you know, even after the Charlottesville thing, etc. When you know it, it, a lot of that was over a statue taking down one of the statues, and I to have to have over college uh you know white kids from affluent houses who have nothing better to do but want to feel like they're important an important part of something to have them uh, while role playing uh pretending that they're you know that they're uh, freedom fighters and social justice warriors to have them demand statues come down and 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 you know take to the streets as antifa or whatever incarnation decide to do i got no time for that i have no time for those punks and losers and frauds uh and those are generally millennials and i'm sorry to give you guys crap but you you have you deserve it you deserve it millennials are not getting it from the zillennials and the and the uh gen xers um i have no time for that stuff if you want to talk about i think if if there's a statue of general lee in your town and you know about if you're a, a young black person, of a kid, a child, and you know the story of the Confederacy and slavery, and Jim Crow and the racism and the uh, the Klan and all that stuff, and you know that stuff, and if that if you look up at that thing and that's a symbol and in, that intimidates you, a a a, a young person, like I, that's what I think of. I think like, what if there's a little girl like this age of my daughter? And she looked up, and she knew that that was somebody, um, that was somebody who hated her, and wanted to do harm to her, and believed in an ideology that meant that she was worth less, that she wasn't even worth uh, to have the worth of a human being. And I thought about it that way, and I thought, Jesus Christ, that's what a horrible thing, what a horrible, intimidating thing that would be to have that thing. Uh, up there and have to deal with that and that's that was my take on the on the um it's something i hadn't thought of before when it comes to these uh monuments and um but it's a discussion it's it's a discussion like i know there's talk about taking stonewall jackson monument out of um uh, by the way i don't I, if the towns decide that they want to do that i just think you should go by the process not be bullied into it then take the take them down move them and, and whatever i don't um just make it have the discussion. Have the discussion be on the record somewhere, so people will know why it's important that we do these things um, deliberately and soberly and carefully. Uh, but you know, other things like my uh, they the but folks want to take down the statue of Stonewall Jackson from VMI, Virginia Military Institute, and you know he taught there before the war. He certainly fought in the war, and he. Um, and he uh, was a very good general. He killed uh, scores of Union soldiers. And they're saying, you know, they want his statue taken down now. But but it's a military academy. The Civil War was a key um, war, flush with with you know a multitude of influential and unique battles. Would you, why would you erase that from the military institute? 
Unless you're you're suggesting you treat him like a hero, but the guy did lose. He also got shot by he got hit by friendly fire and died. You know, I didn't even he wasn't even forty years old. Um, do you? I mean, it just seems to me in a military institute, do you want to do that? I mean, do you keep Henry Ford out of uh, an automobile museum? I don't know, but I mean, those are the d- discussions. By the way, I, and I don't. It's just easier to say yes. All the time should, should go to the races. I understand that, and I'm, I'm believe me. I have no. I don't care about Stonewall Jackson. Technically, I think he was killing people in my team, right? I'm up here in the north. Um, I'm not offended by. I'm not offended by anything, um, really. None of, there's no, I, not no thing out there that I could be offended by. I don't think. I, I realize that I am not of a, a descendant of anybody who was in the Holocaust. I'm not of the, a descendant of anybody who was in who uh, suffered under Jim Crow or was in recent um, centuries enslaved. So I don't have that. And I have heard, I think I was listening to the Jonah Goldberg podcast, I think it was, that I think Jonah, I think it was Jonah talking about uh, talking about Rich Lowry. And Rich Lowry is a, a, you know, a Christian guy who writes for, or is the editor of National Review. And and talking about how some like, I, I'm going to get this wrong and, and screw this up. Anyway, so Lowry's not from um, his race and nationality and whatever. He's not part of a, a class of people that was victimized uh, recently. So he doesn't have these sensibilities, uh, sensitivities, I think, that other people have. Uh, this, um, and I think it was Jonah they were talking about this. This. Uh, this fear or um, this internal red flag when things like authoritarians, uh, you know, start uh, start um, uh, appearing or advancing, or you know, that that folks whose whose um, you know descendants were persecuted, murdered uh, by the Nazis have. You know, and I don't know if to, 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 it seems interesting to me, like that through evolution, you would have that built into you after, like your your people were uh, victimized. Um, but I don't have it, so and I suspect I, 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 I assume that that um, that it's a sensitivity that is something I, I probably just I can't fathom what it would be like. Um, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I, the, the, the dastardly force in my life that has directly affected the people I love has been cancer. And that's not a human being. Um, well, I mean, it's not, a human. I guess there are carcinogens that are, uh, sold by human beings, but, uh, but really, you know, that's a, it's a disease. So, so I don't have that. Um, let's see. There was one other thing I wanted to get to. This is, uh, um, this great, uh, this great attack that my wife sent me on the, on the, uh, on the, on the, all the crap, um, that, uh, that, uh, millennials are getting, but somebody on Tic Tac talk, um, uh, some Gen Z people decided to attack the millennials about things and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaking perfect. Um, this person, uh, local underscore celeb, says, "I'm awake at three a.m. and I just want everyone to know what Gen Z says about millennials on TikTok." 
and it shows some of the comments. And this is all about it's about millennials. Uh, they be thirty four talking about. I'm a Hufflepuff, like grow up and do a line of coke already. <laughs> Somebody else says, and they say doggo, and that is so true. That's you, Steve Robinson. Um, uh, or and they say things like, here's another poster, or that BuzzFeed knows their favorite wine. <laughs> just gonna here's another one. There's a quote: "Just gonna drink my coffee, bleh, in the side uh, side mouth thing." Or people that still say adulting, says another one. Adulting, that is such a millennial thing to say. Oh, my God. I'm actually getting angry thinking of this. Uh, oh, somebody else says, millennials will attack you if you disrespect their Harry Potter house. That is so true, so perfect. Uh, they're worried about their Harry Potter house, but they live in a one-bedroom apartment. Y'all worried about the wrong houses, says somebody else. Um um, millennials, I'm such a Hufflepuff, probably you got already did that. And they always say they have a combined house like Griffin Claw or something like they missed the whole point. Griffin Claw. Um, what about the ones that name their kids after video game characters? I didn't know that was a thing, but I'm not surprised. I, I find more Aiden, Jadens, and Cadence than anything else. Uh, let's see. Oh, I hate the delting. Just gave me a slice of pizza. Just give me a slice and piece of pizza of wine. And let me try it again. Here's somebody posts. Uh, oh, I hate adulting. Just give me a slice of pizza and wine. Like sis Rebecca, you are 32 and an alcoholic. Please sit down. <laughs> um. Somebody says millennials be like, yes, I'm adulting right now. Oh, I need to go get avocado toast. Uh, Oh, uh, all they do is drink wine, post cringy '90s kid meme memes, talk about tech startups, and lie and lie. It says, uh, "So there you go." <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can tell you one thing. Sorry, this is more water. You know about my walk already. Right? There is something about. Like these millennial Antifa, millennial Antifa folks, there is something about throwing a brick at a car, or throwing a brick at a car, having the car stop, having the guy chase you, and then you calling the police on him. Um, th that's not something that when I was a kid it, you would do. If you throw the brick at a car, you're all in. You own that, and. You don't then get to call the police. You would never do that. It's so it's so dishonorable. And the other thing is, you always see him like sucker punching people. Like they'll be like it'll be a big brawny anti, uh, like a, a Gadsden flag carrying guy, and then the the millennial Antifa kid will run over to him and sucker punch him and run away. Like, you would be freaking drawn and quartered if you did that when I was a kid. That is so dishonorable. Just a cheap shot like that. Oh my god! But now they do. They they act like these p total pansies, and they and they try to be t tough guys at the same time. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Jesus, it's so pathetic. Ugh. But we'll see. We'll see. Comedian Owen Benjamin called them uh, millennials indoor cats, and I think that is absolutely and totally correct. All right. <clears throat> 
Um, what was the? Was there anything else I wanted to say? You don't remember. Anyway, um, I'll try to have a. I think I'll probably try to have a guest on every day. But anyway, I, it is time that we bring in Michael Graham on Twitter at I am M Graham. And um, check his work out at insidesources.com and uh, New Hampshire Journal. You'll see all that stuff. So I have a question. I have a story for you, Michael, and I'm going to let you guess how this ends. A, uh, if it involves Tom Shattuck, <laughs> badly. A uh, high school principal in Vermont posted the following on Facebook. This is a couple days ago. I firmly believe that Black Lives Matter, but I do not agree with the coercive measures taken to get this point across, some of which are falsified in an attempt to prove a point. Well, I want to get behind. B oh, well, I want to get behind BLM. I do not think people should be made to feel they have to choose the uh, black race over human race altogether. While I understand the urgency to feel compelled to advocate for black lives. What about fellow law enforcement, too? What about all others who advocate for and demand equality for all? Just because I don't walk around with a BLM sign should not mean I'm a racist. Uh, what do you think the current occupation of that um, high school principal last Wednesday is currently? He is currently the prison itch bay of a large <laughs> gentleman named Bubba in a Vermont state penitentiary. <laughs> Maybe metaphorically, but uh, anything anything less than that, too good for him. Right? No. Anything. I assume that there's a stockade that they put back into operation from the 1690s, where he is currently uh, uh, having a fruit applied to him from a well, distance. The principal's name. Um, the principal's name is uh, Riley, and in fact, I believe is a she by appearances. That said, and then the next wave of uh, mandatory compliance and performance art, uh, I might be, de you know, unseated and uh, canceled for saying that. So what's we know people who are in business who have been canceled for simply saying things on social media that are kind of common sense. Like, I, I think that looting is bad. It's bad. What? <laughs> I, was, I don't know what kind of nat white nationalist supremacist, uh, you know, uh, uh, person of, of power programming this yes. is with you and your privilege. But I am certainly not going to sit here and say that somehow the unauthorized redistribution of of uh, racially seized assets is a bad thing. <laughs> Well, <laughs> next thing I know, you're going to tell me that illegal immigrants have done something illegal, and I'm certainly not going to listen to that either. No. Well, is wouldn't it? Absolutely isn't it a not. bad thing? Isn't it a bad thing to burn to the ground a black-owned business? Uh, well, you know, is it really black-owned in a land where slavery is still extant? Uh, you have to ask yourself that. So I, I just I see. I don't know. All I know is. Whatever Black Lives Matter says, and whatever the uh, the extreme, and I, I it's, I'm, it's a sign of where we are, that you now have to refer to the Black Lives Matter protesters as the mainstream of the conversation, and the extremists who are beyond them. Whatever they say, I'm in. I'm in. I just have one thing to say while I am reading my statement of 100% solidarity for defund all cops and remove all laws and torch all Wendy's. Just notice that I'm blinking in Morse code. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, 
Okay, so you have, you're somebody who, in terrestrial radio, has been canceled before. And, uh, uh, I, uh, several times, yeah. yes. And so, <laughs> you know, these gigs are hard to get. But really, yeah. now, especially with, you know, 30 million more Americans unemployed, mm-hmm. any gig is going to be hard to get at any time. So what, what do you say to somebody who wants to, in the marketplace of ideas, uh, speak their mind? Uh, I mean, you say marketplace of ideas. I don't know that there is a marketplace for ideas other than the ideas that the people who are part of the uh, protest movement will allow. So that is it a marketplace when you've got somebody deciding what I mean, you could argue that in the Soviet Union, when you went down and you had your choice of either bread or bread, that it was a marketplace. But <laughs> that's not traditionally what people mean. What people usually mean by marketplace is multiple options. There are no multiple options. There's one. There are two answers to any question from the progressive mob. Yes, or I'm a racist. Those are the only two answers. But, period. They, they, but the, the truly binary election is here. You're either with the people who think it's reasonable <laughs> to burn down a Wendy's because a police officer shot a guy or you're a racist. But just two weeks ago, the the term defund the police mm-hmm. was laughable and the, would have been considered a punchline. I'm sorry. What's that got to do with anything? That was two weeks ago. <laughs> what, are you going to get in your time machine, mister? Are you going to get in your racist silver DeLorean time machine that the white boys drive and drive back 88 miles an hour until you can go back to two weeks ago? It doesn't matter. Hey, I don't make the rules and you don't make the rules. The people who can get you fired make the rules, and these people, this this progressive mob, can absolutely get you fired. And that's all. What so else? Those is are the, okay. So I understand. Okay, if you're afraid of getting fired, that's one thing. But right. just the other day, there was a, a very lily white town of twenty eight thousand people in Massachusetts, and all mm-hmm. the townspeople went to the common of the town and they got on one knee and did the black power fist thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are people who most of whom would never considered have considered doing something like that. So what what is paint a picture for, for me of a turning point where somebody says, "Oh, you know, I'm all for um, you know, all, all the I'm all for ending police brutality. I understand the 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 history of blacks in this country has been a very dark one at times and has been a struggle in a unique situation." But I'm not into the Kaepernick one knee thing because of uh, the Star Spangled Banner is playing, and it's kind of a moment for the troops. What moment they they decide I'm all in one knee Black Power fist thing? Um, what's the event that makes that happen in their head? Uh, are you asking what makes that? When happen does the for- switch happen in the head? I under for, apart from the people who are just a f- fear for their lives. Right. What makes somebody else feel? What would make somebody else feel really compelled to do that? So, so why do you? How do you get a bunch of people who are kind of living their lives to show up at a park to make this statement? And 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 so there's performance art that they would never usually have done. Exactly. So there's two groups. That's a very good question, which I'm stunned. So someone must have else must have given it to you. (laughs) Um, There's two groups of people. One is the people. Well, there's three. So one are true believers, which is a small number. Two is people who are in the lives of true believers who can't figure out a way to get out. And <laughs> I would say most of them are men. Those and are called, true believer is a woman. And Shad, are called captives, know, exactly I believe. About. <laughs> and this is, of course, be the perfect time for you to recount your favorite passages from Our Bodies Ourselves, yes. which you read because a woman wanted you to. And yeah. then the third group of people 
are um, people who are, who are motivated by traditional partisan politics, Trump. You can't overlook the climate that this is happening in. It would be hard for these extremists to get as far as they've gotten without some pushback from fellow Democrats or, or fellow progressives, whatever, if it weren't for Trump. In the moment of Trump, everyone's crazy. Everyone has gone insane. And so for a lot of people, all of this, the uh, protests, the signs, the Black Lives Matter movement itself, they're all stand-ins for the fight between Trump and non-Trump. <laughs> so is there – so – the okay, Trump- let me show you how to do a podcast. That's a point where you either say that you agree or disagree. Well, no, no. no. So, why would it be? Why would the Trump obsession be so top of mind that then that it would eclipse every other possible thing? So, you're really asking me that about America in 2020? Is there anything that Trump haters will not turn into? Tr- everything is Trump. Everything. Look how he drinks water. Look how he walks <laughs> down a ramp. Look how look how his hair blows in the wind. Look. <laughs> Look how he looks at his wife's derriere region when she's walking by. Look, look, look. I get it. You know what? They are completely (laughs) absorbed and obsessed with Donald Trump is the progressive's uh, ex-girlfriend. So uh, they they treat him the way they treat an ex-girlfriend who they never got over. They cannot stop. I can't stop thinking about it. I just can't. What is she doing right now? I, bet she, I believe that's sexist. That's it. That's what it is. Probably. It's something is. Or another metaphor is if you had somebody in high school that was like your rival and you defined yourself by them and then that rival became president of the bleeping, you know, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So they just can't get him out of their mind. So everything you, you uh, half the people who see the, you know, the fist in the air, what they see instead of a fist is a little Trump head and the knuckles are his <laughs> odd yellow hair and the thumb is his nothing big about. jowly cheek. And that's what they see. All right. So this is my final question for you. And it's important you answer this one because this is the question I was thinking of while you were answering the uh. last one. And that's why, <laughs> why I didn't have anything to say, which is a sign of a good broadcaster. Um, I was on a radio show today. And uh-huh. uh, we, we were talking about the shooting in Atlanta where the guy was mm-hmm. shot at the Wendy's. And I said that uh, I think that they had already patted the guy down. He was unarmed. And the, the taser had probably already been discharged. And the guy was sprinting away. And to shoot him in the back uh, was bad form. And I thought that was not right. that was no good. They, they killed that guy unnecessarily. Right. So I said it. And a couple of the callers, one guy agreed, one guy didn't agree. Yada, yada. So how do I know, by the way... If I've said, is that the level of where you're supposed to be according to the current, the current dictates, that that man was you, murdered, or did I not go far enough? Am I in trouble? Is what I'm asking. Uh, the answer is uh, you'll find out tomorrow, or oh, the I next see. day, or the next day, or the next day. You know, uh, General Philip Schuyler served in the Revolutionary War, helped uh, throw off the tyranny of the United States. He was one of the key generals that created. The movement that went from America to Europe and around the world that would eventually bring it into slavery, mostly we don't talk about those corners of the Middle East and Africa, but mostly Mm -hmm. and bring it into slavery. And his statue has been removed from the town of Albany, New York, because he also owned slaves during the Revolutionary War, a time when, you know, a significant number of people and in his age. And I mean this sincerely. He was a radical. Nothing in the world was more radical than the American Revolution. They right. were the Chaz 
of the world. Mm -hmm. And people looked at them the same way we look at Chaz. And it was crazy. And you're on, oh, you govern yourself. You can't do it. He was as radical. You know, if it was the 1960s, he'd have had hair down to his butt and smelled of patchouli. And yet, uh, sorry, May, uh, General Schuyler, you've got to go. Sorry, Thomas Jefferson, you've well, got to go. Well, why? So the fact that what you said today yes. was okay today doesn't change the fact that eventually it won't be enough. And sorry, you'll have to be in the stockade next to the Vermont. Teacher. I see. The jury is always in deliberation and always. Always. Fluid. The jury is always in deliberation. The jury is always out. I, I'm listening to some terrific uh, podcasts right now. Obviously not this one. Uh, <laughs> I forget the guy's name, but the series is called Revolutions. And he's a historian. And he takes all the big revolutions, the American Revolution, Russian Revolution, et cetera. But the one I, I've ne I, I found him because I was looking for this. I was looking for content about the French Revolution because I think that we are living in a Jacobin moment. You know, the Jacobins were the crazy French revolutionists. There are a bunch of other people who wanted rat, uh, like a British style revolution in, in a you know moderate revolution. They wanted the, you know power to the people, but they weren't crazy. But the crazies won and they won because they were crazy. And with the crazy came passion. With the crazy became came a handful of people who were willing to do stupid things. And the vast majority has a tough time standing up against a handful of cr people who are willing to do crazy things. But how did the Jacobin revolution in France led by Robespierre end? end? It ended with, Robes with Robespierre on the guillotine getting his head cut off. Right. It always does. But until that finally happens, everybody's at risk. Everybody, the, the biggest leaders of the revolution, the biggest Jacobins of all, Danton and others, they all ended up being killed by their own revolution. So if you, so if the crazy revolutionary Shattuck, if they can't make it to the end, there is no way that a white power, you know, uh, 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 ca Caucasian of sizable girth like yourself is going to make it. <laughs> okay, so we just have to wait until it um, it devours itself. The movement the, will the, devour the, itself. The, every night, the doors are going to get kicked open, and every night, someone's going to get dragged out until it finally until it ends, and it'll end for reasons that have nothing to do with anything. It'll be whatever. People get tired of it. They'll run out of food. Napoleon will show up. Something, but you know. <laughs> There's All nothing right. you can do except for just pray that the next door that knocks isn't yours. Jesus, that's dark. All right. I'm reluctant to do it because you were mean about the podcast, but you can find <laughs> Michael Graham at I am M Graham and uh, insidesources.com. And there's just go to michaelgram.com. It's all there. It's go all to michaelgram.com. It's, it's all there. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. All right. I'm on the Jerry Callahan podcast tomorrow morning, which to you is probably this morning or maybe some other morning. Tomorrow morning right now will be will be June 16th. And check out the Jerry Callahan podcast. It's, uh, it's a great show. Jerry's a great guy and uh, fun to talk to. I am uh, going to probably disagree with Jerry or, me, or I probably disagreed with Jerry. If you listen, uh, you'll, you'll hear that. And then... Um, Usually you can find me out there on uh, WRKO on Thursdays with VB. Maybe not this Thursday, though. And Todd Feinberg's show on WTIC. These are all cool, good folks to listen to. I also listen to, by the way, if, speaking of uh, animals, are um, every creature is a jerk. While I was doing on this four-mile walk today, and I, I mention that because I'm fat and I have to uh, lose weight. I was listening to uh, the Kirk Minahan show, and they talked all about jerks today. It's another great podcast, Kirk Minahan show, Jerry Callahan. You know what? I'll let you know everything that I listen to.
everything I listen to essentially is the it's a total um total um my total podcast menu is the Reason Magazine podcast, Kirk Minahan show, the Quillette podcast, the Three Martini Lunch, Victor Davis Hanson, Buck Sexton, uh, the Commentary Magazine podcast, um, Ben Shapiro, Andrew Clavin, uh, Media Buzz Meter with Howie Kurtz, uh, who I love, uh, Michael Knowles, Knowles, I told you about Jerry Callahan, The Remnant with Jonah Goldberg, Horse Race, which is Massachusetts politics, um, and um, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, which is the Star Walt show. Oh, Rogan, I've got in there. The Fifth Column podcast, which is great. Those guys are also jerks, but v- very cool and fun jokes, jerks. And McCarthy Report, and a lot of these guys, almost none of the podcasts are... Uh, Dave Rubin is in there. The Femsplainers I like, which are feminists. And um, and uh, that's just about that's just about it. So um, I do listen to a lot of a lot of um, you know what I should listen to is that chaotic le- uh, left wing podcast where they're all angry. It's called the angry bullpenners i get to listen to one of those you know i do listen to a lot of liberals and progressives and antifa folks generally of straight news hits are on youtube i don't subscribe to uh any of my i would i mean i like sam harris um uh, but i'm not i'm my i'm not trying to just be in an echo echo chamber i'd like to hear liberal voices and certainly with uh you know with Jonah Goldberg's podcast, The Remnant, and some of his guests. They're not Trump people in there. Uh, he has various guests of different political stripes on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know who I'd, I would listen to is, of course, I can't remember his name, uh, the guy who lives in Brazil with his husband, uh, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald. He's kind of like a, he's kind of like a venomous uh, dude, but a really interesting thinker, and I, I, kind uh, of, I kind of like that. I don't know if he's got one. I'll, I'll try to, to uh, check it out. I don't generally like to listen to, um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I don't. I don't listen to Chris Hayes or or Maddow's podcast. I generally know where they're coming from. I do like to hear some of their thoughts. I think Chris Hayes is a is a decent guy, but um, but I do. I absorb a lot of uh, liberal and progressive talk you know and unfortunately a lot of it in the era of trump a lot of it is so incredibly uh repetitious and it's it's the same one note i can't handle it i can't handle it's lazy calling trump uh racist sexist sociopath those are all lazy words bring issues substance uh if you want to criticize them i've got no problem with that i've got criticisms myself obviously uh, but just these words are lazy words, and I can't. And there's just too many of them. Too many. In the and you hear it all over with the with the um, what's that? The pod save bros. You know the same thing. Racist, sexist, stupid, son of a bitch. God, those those guys just seem like just talk about perfect millennial DBs. Anyway, I'm I'm good with them. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, uh, I I certainly will. Uh, I listen to. I'll dip into public radio too, which is uh, which is liberal uh, stuff. But okay, that'll do it uh, for me tonight. And we might be back tomorrow. 
uh, if not certainly the next night. You can follow me on Twitter at Tom Shattuck, T-O-M-S-H-A-T-T-U-C-K. And uh, we're, uh, I don't know how you're listening to us right now, but we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, um, Pandora. Is it Pandora? No, maybe not. Spotify, um, Ricochet, and maybe Google Play. Or One of them didn't work. Anyway, all right, see you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.